0: This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. On Equip, we tackle the tough issues, and there sure have been many this past year. But we continue to confront them with the relevant biblical truth of the gospel. As we turn to a new year, will you join our Christ-centered approach by becoming an auto-gift monthly partner? Keep Equip on the air in your community and across the nation. Your $30, $50, or $85 a month gift will make a huge difference in this new year. Equip yourself and make a difference for Christ and His kingdom at the same time by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Well hey there friends, welcome to another exciting edition of Equipped with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined us today. Can you do me a favor, strap on your seatbelt. We're gonna navigate the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, if you smell deep enough, you can sense the Christmas dinner cooking. I promise you. All you have to do is just begin to allow your heart to prepare for the glorious day we call Christmas. Now, I know for many, this is a season that is so busy, so full of preparation that you're too stressed out to enjoy it. But maybe we can be one hour of solace today. Maybe we can provide you a place where you can just pause for a moment. As the big week of Christmas is coming, I want you to pause and in your heart, I want you to begin to meditate on what it means to you that Christ has come. Let's leave the debates about dates and times and events and plans and meals and who's bringing what dish to the party. And I want you to think for just a moment about the gift that was offered to you from the God who made you, the one who loves you. Jesus has come. Emmanuel, Christ, the long awaited Messiah has come and we get a chance to celebrate that. And in just a moment, we're going to go into the word of God. I cannot wait to open up Matthew's gospel with you. But can I just say thank you for an amazing year? You know, when I think about the many thousands, tens upon tens of thousands who listen to this program each and every day throughout the U.S. and even in Canada And uh, Through our digital platforms beyond that, recently I uh, got word that somebody in Uganda was listening. Praise God for that. Friends, your partnership and your prayers for us is making a huge difference and impact. You combine that with the fact that so many are coming to faith in Jesus. There's rarely a week that goes by where we don't hear testimonies of people who have Come back to Jesus after maybe drifting away, or those who for the first time have put their faith and confidence in Him. And today I want to remind you that you can be free, that the shackles that have held you back, that has hindered your life, maybe it's been addiction or cycles of sin or bad choices, whatever it may be, Christ wants to set you free. That is why He, he, he came. Whom the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. And today I want you to have and to know a personal relationship with Jesus. That's the thrust of this entire program. So I want to encourage you, dial the number 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. I also want to encourage you who support us in the endeavor of spreading the gospel to stand with us in a special way in this season. As you think about the many reasons to give thanks, I hope that Equipped is on your list. And as you think about the many ways to invest your generosity, I hope we're on your list as well. This will be a perfect time for you to give your most generous gift. In exchange, we're going to send you this wonderful gift called Born a King, Born a Child, rather, and Yet a King by Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. It's a wonderful resource that will stir your affections for Jesus. But even more, we'll have the satisfaction knowing that together we're helping to spread the gospel. So maybe you can give a gift of $100 or $500, or maybe the Lord has blessed you where you can give a $1,000 gift or a $5,000 gift. Whatever God has done in your heart, please make sure a portion of your generosity in this season goes to to the spread of the gospel in your community and around the world. Dial this number, 888-644-4144, or go to equipradio.org. That's 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Well, today we're gonna hear a message that I preached at my home church of Woodside Bible Church here in Southeast Michigan. It's entitled, Fulfilled. Open your Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter two. Father, what a privilege it is to be able to worship you, our Lord and our King, the ruler of our hearts, Thank you, today, that we can celebrate the coming of your Son into the world. And there were many names ascribed to Jesus, but today we thank you that he is the Prince of Peace. Lord, I pray that you would give what only you can give today, peace in every heart, that even the broken heart, even the heart that is grieving or sorrowful would know your peace that our families would know your peace, the peace that comes from you being our Savior and our Lord. We are so grateful that today is a special day full of singing and joy and celebration, all because hope has come. And hope has come because Christ has come. And so we celebrate that holy night. Not only for then, but for now, as well. Until Christ returns, until all have heard, we say amen and amen. Come on and give God praise today. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord, well, on behalf of our entire team, again, Very, very Merry Christmas. I want to see how many overachievers are in the room today. By the show of hands, how many have already gotten your Christmas shopping done? You've gotten everything. All right, good for you. How many are in my category? Raise your hand. You still got a little bit to go. You Still got a little bit to go. Some of you didn't raise your hand for either, so that means no one's getting anything, I guess. Now, for those of you who still have shopping to do, let me just give you Chris Brooks Christmas Shopping 101, just a little tip, and that is Walgreens is open till midnight and they have a great gift card section. So if you're missing anything, God, uh, go there. You know, I know a lot of thought has been put into Christmas gifts, but today I want to talk to you about the greatest gift that any of you, any of us have ever received, the gift of God's salvation, His grace and His mercy. But before I do, let me ask this question. Have you ever received a gift before that in the moment you didn't know the value, but as time went on, you realized just how valuable it was? Have you ever experienced that before? I certainly have many times in my life. I've been on the receiving end of gifts like that, gifts that in the moment kind of opened the box. Wasn't too impressed, but later on realized, man, that was really a blessing. I've also been on the giving end of gifts like that. I'll never forget a few years ago, my son, who's now 12, he's about nine, I decided that instead of just getting him toys or, or more video games or clothes that he would wear out uh, in a few months, I decided that I was going to teach him how to invest. And so for that birthday, I was going to get him some shares of stock of a company that I knew. He liked their product, so I figured he'd be excited. Well, much to my disappointment, when he heard that that year the gift was shares of a stock, he was not excited, to say the least. Uh, But I told him, this is a lesson that will pay dividends for you as you get older. Well, months went by, a little bit more, and the stock continued to perform better and better, and then after a couple years, what started out as a couple hundred dollar investment had turned into a few thousand dollars. And I decided it was then that we would kind of take our profits and uh, and, and sell the stock. And so we did. And I went home and I told him about it. And he was excited to hear how the stock had rose in price. He was so excited that he said, Dad, can I have the money now to buy those video games that I wanted to buy back when it was my birthday? And again, I told him, no, this is for college. You can't touch it now, which he decided he wasn't going to like me for that year either. But the point of the story is this, is that what seemed to be maybe a gift that was easily underappreciated, as time went on, grew in value and in importance in his eyes and in his heart. And I think he will look back on it now and express appreciation uh, uh, for it. And maybe for us, this is how the birth of Jesus is. That the birth of Jesus uh, that uh, came in many ways in, in obscurity. Yes, there were wise men who came, and there were certainly angelic hosts and angels who sang of the birth of Jesus and there were shepherds, but by and large, the world was not too impressed on that night that Christ was born. But as time went on and he lived a sinless life and he went to that cross and he paid the sin debt that you and I could not pay, when he was buried and he rose again on the third day, and the apostles begin to proclaim the salvation that comes through faith in Jesus Christ, the appreciation for the value of what what Jesus has brought to humanity continue to increase until now the whole world is full of his glory and nations rejoice in him. And I pray that today that the increase of your appreciation for the value of Jesus, this old holy night that we sing of, that it continues to grow and grow and grow to the point where he becomes your most valuable treasure and your most Precious possession. Praise God for Jesus. What a treasure, what a gift the gospel is to your heart and to mine. We're going to pause the message right there, but don't worry, friends. We're going to come back and continue to examine Matthew's gospel, chapter 2, fulfilled. I hope that that describes your heart today. It certainly describes the promise of uh, Jesus throughout the Old Testament and into the new. Uh, We're going to come right back. But while we're away, go to our website, equipradio.org. We'll be right back. Here on Equip, it's our goal to help listeners like you to understand and apply biblical truth to the issues we encounter in our culture, our community, and our homes we need your help. Will you join our family of Equippers by making an ongoing monthly donation to Equip? When you do, you'll have exclusive access to regular encouragement from me as well as our Equipper webinars and other special offers. Become an Equipper today. Call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. It's December, and here at Equip, we want to thank you for your generous gifts throughout this year. Your donations blessed others with the truth of the gospel, and together, we're pointing people to the life-changing hope and freedom of Jesus Christ. Let's finish this year strong by continuing to support this ministry and program, or become a first-time investor in the ministry. Give us a call today at 888-644-4144, or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. It's a Friday and I wanna encourage you to make it a Giving Friday. I really wanna encourage you, let's make this an all hands on deck moment. You know, every ministry in this season is gearing up for what will be a very challenging year. The adversity that's happening in our culture, the lies, the propaganda, the questions concerning morality and truth They are only getting more complex, only abounding. And if we're gonna help a generation to see the light of the gospel, It's going to be because we have well-funded the ministries that are still standing firm on the Bible and proclaiming the gospel truth. We are such a ministry. We're not going to back down from the tough challenges, no matter if it's human sexuality or the advancements of technology and science and all of those things. We want to make sure that we are helping to point people to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but we need your support. So if you can, Financially stay with us today. Dial the number 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. That's 888 644 41, 44. We're studying today Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, as we listen to a message I preached not too long ago entitled Fulfilled. I invite you to join me in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22. I'm sorry, chapter 2, rather. We're going to look at verse 23, but let me say a little bit about the title. It's fulfilled. And there's a dual meaning for that. Uh, First, it is to highlight the fact that Jesus and his birth and his life, his death, burial, his resurrection, all of his ministry is marked by prophetic fulfillment. That there are many Old Testament passages that predicted things about the Messiah that Jesus and only Jesus fulfilled. And that's significant because it's a reminder to us that the book that we hold in our hands or maybe the one that you have on your tablet or on your cell phone, that it's no normal book, that it is a divine book. And one of the earmarks of divinity, one of the fingerprints of God is the fact that over and again, the Bible predicts and fulfills, predicts and fulfills. It speaks to the character of God and the reliability of Scripture. You can trust the Word of God. But the second reason why we call this series Fulfilled is because Jesus satisfies. That he's the only one that fulfills or satisfies the deepest questions of our mind and the deepest longings of our heart. And today we're going to be reminded of that. I trust that by now you have Matthew chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 23 where we will see uh, the final verse of this chapter and one more prophecy that Jesus fulfills. And it says in verse 23 of Matthew 2, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. Now let me just pause there for a moment. This story that we're reading is about uh, Jesus, but he's a baby at this point. Uh, Joseph and Mary had run to Egypt. If you remember the story, trying to flee an evil king named uh, Herod, who sought to destroy Jesus because of his insecurities and fears and paranoia that this Messiah was being born. These wise men that are introduced to us at the beginning of the chapter had come and told Herod that they were coming to worship. This baby who was born king of all. Herod said, hey, when you find him, let me know so I might come and worship him. But he didn't want to worship him. He actually had ulterior motives. He wanted to destroy him. And so an angel came and told Joseph, take the child and his mother, go to Egypt and stay there. And so they did. Most estimate probably for about nine months to a year. And then the angel came back and said, Herod is now dead. You can go back. And instead of going back to Bethlehem, Joseph moved his family back to Nazareth. And it says here, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Now, this is an interesting and pretty obscure prophecy about a small town Modern day Nazareth only has a population of just a few less than 78,000 people. That's after thousands of years of fame over the birth of Jesus Christ and over his early childhood years being lived there. If you were to go back to ancient Nazareth, what you would find is that It was a small city. To be honest, to call it a city is an overstatement. It was a village that most would have easily overlooked. Not a place or a destination that you would have visited, and certainly not a place that you would have thought that a king would come from, let alone the king of kings. But here is a critical prophecy that have been given by prophets. Here's what Matthew says. He's not quoting just one particular prophet, but notice what he said, so that what was spoken by the prophets, plural. Don't forget that S, it's important, because what it indicates is that he's picking up on a theme, a theme that many of the Old Testament prophets had zeroed in on. But what is this theme? This theme is more than just about a little town called Nazareth, and we would miss the theme if we didn't remind ourselves of the original writers and language that they wrote in. You see, reading this in English, it limits us in some ways, but we need to be reminded that the gospel writers were Jews. Their native language, their native tongue would have been Hebrew. And in Hebrew, this word Nazarene sounds a lot like the Hebrew word Nazir, which means branch. And it's this that most scholars feel like Matthew is really picking up on. Yes, Nazareth would be his hometown, but even more, he is the branch that the Old Testament prophets said would come. Now this is uh, enormously significant because this branch is a branch of hope from an otherwise dead tree. We're gonna learn more about that. I wanna show you a couple of examples of where this word nazir or branch is used in the Old Testament. Travel with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 23, Jeremiah chapter 23. And if you can join me there, that'd be great. We'll also put the words on the screen. In verse number five, it says this, Jeremiah writing hundreds of years before these moments took place in the first Noel and the birth of Jesus. He says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, and I will rise up for David, a righteous branch, Nazir, where we get the word Nazarene or Nazarene. Nazareth, and he shall reign as a king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. This is the king that the world had waited for, the king of Israel, the one that will come and rule with wisdom and execute justice. The next place I'd love for us to go is Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 6 is probably a chapter in your Bible that doesn't have many footprints in it. Maybe you've not tread there lately, but a very important prophecy is is there in verse number 12 about this Nazir, this, this branch. And it says in verse number 12, and say to him, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, the man whose name is the branch. For he shall branch out from his place and he shall build the temple of the Lord. This branch that was to come, this Messiah would restore not only Israel's political fortunes, but he will restore true worship to Yahweh. He will restore true worship of God, who is our Savior. You know, this is a beautiful day, as I mentioned earlier. Kids may wonder, why is there so much excitement? Why is there so much joy? And praise God for the gifts under the tree. But how many know that the real reason for the celebration is because Messiah has come? That hope has come because Christ has come, the branch has come, and He has given meaning to our worship. Worship in and of itself has no power. It is the object of the worship that brings power. And we worship the one who has created heaven and earth, the promise keeper. We worship the Lord. Praise God that he allows us to experience his goodness and his grace. And that is why we worship him. Isaiah understood it. I hope you understand it. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of of the promised Messiah that God sent to rescue us from our sins. I want you to embrace him today. I want you to know him today. So you stick and stay. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. Hey there friends, Chris Brooks here. You know, you may have recently heard me promoting our next program or even asking you to become a monthly partner, folks that we call Equippers, but today I want to invite you to join something infinitely more important. Would you consider joining the family of God? You know, it may be possible that you've been listening to us talk about the Bible and the Christian life, but you've never really met Jesus personally. He longs to welcome you into his family and have a close relationship with you. You can surrender your life to him accept his forgiveness and start your journey with jesus right now i'd love to help you to take that first step all you have to do is simply call 888 need him that's 888 need him Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I love studying the scriptures, and that's what we're doing today. We're looking at the promises of the Old Testament and the coming Messiah, and how they're all fulfilled in Jesus. So we're gonna be flipping back and forth between Isaiah, which was 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus, and the Gospel of Matthew, which records the coming of Christ into the world. We're going to get back to that in just a moment, but this is also a great day of generosity. As we finish the year, I pray that you'll help us to finish the year strong. You know, I think about the testimony of this ministry. It is certainly a testimony of spiritual impact. Every day, I think about the truth that's being proclaimed, helping to debunk false gospels, helping to challenge the lies of our present cultural moment, helping to remind people of the truth so that they are not deceived hope you appreciate that. But in addition to having a testimony of spiritual impact, I want to have a testimony of good stewardship as well. And if we're going to hit our budget, about 40% of that happens this month. It is a significant amount. And so I ask that you would stand with us, maybe with a special gift of $100 or $500, or maybe even a $1,000 gift. What you do know is that on the other side of that, lives are being changed. The gospel is being proclaimed. So let me give you the number. Then we're going to go right into the message. The number is 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Maybe the clearest place where this branch is spoken of is in Isaiah. And I want you to turn to Isaiah with me. Isaiah is in the Old Testament, and we're going to camp out here for just a few moments. And I want you to see what Isaiah wrote about the branch. Now, Isaiah, as a a prophet of Israel, wrote more about the Messiah than any other prophet of the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, some affectionately call Isaiah the fifth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John being the four. But many say because of how much attention he gives to the Messiah that this should be known as the fifth gospel. Look at what he says about the Nazir, about the branch that would come from a city called Nazareth. He says in verse 1a, he says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. He goes on to say in the rest of that verse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Now, if we had time, I would take you through Isaiah chapter 10, but I know you got dinner planned, so let me summarize it for you. Isaiah chapter 10 is a judgment chapter. It's a chapter in which Uh, God says to Israel, because you rebelled against me, I will send judgment. You see, Israel was like a child to to the Lord. He had a special covenant with them, and he had promised them to bless them. And all he asked in exchange is for them to honor him. And when they would not do that, and often they would not, he would be patient for them. He would give them opportunity to change their heart, to turn back to him. What the Bible calls to repent. He would give them an opportunity to turn back. And by the way, He does that with all of us as well. That when we turn away from God, no matter how far we run from Him, He is patient and He is gracious and He gives us an opportunity. To come back to him, not just one, but again and again and again. How many are living witnesses of his grace and can testify to the mercy and the patience of God? Well, that's what he was like with Israel. But when they would refuse him and when they would refuse to repent, he would send judgment because he is a, a good judge. He's a holy and righteous judge, as we have read. And no good judge can simply overlook crime or lawbreakers or lawlessness or sin. He has to judge that. And so how do you judge or how do you discipline a nation? We know how to discipline individuals. Those of us who are uh, parents know how to discipline children. Uh, Those who are grandparents have forgotten how to do that with grandchildren. Um, But they remember it with us, amen? But we know how to discipline individuals. But how do you discipline a nation? Well, the answer is with other nations. And so in this case, God used a nation called Babylon to bring punishment to Israel. And he says to Israel, I am going to cut you down. Like a tree that is dying, I'm going to cut you down to a stump. Maybe you've experienced this before. Maybe you've had a tree in your yard, a backyard or so, and and you've seen this tree over time kind of wilting away. You've seen it as a dead tree, and you say, that tree's not good for anything or anybody, and you've cut it down to the stump. Well, this is what happened to Israel, and this is what happens when sin enters in. When sin enters in, it always cuts us down. Oh, it promises on the front end that things will be wonderful. There's always a promise of pleasure for sin on the front end. There's always the sense that maybe I'll get caught, but just not today. There's always a sense that somehow sin will give you a shortcut. But in the end, let me remind you what is 100% true all of the time is that the ways of men tend towards evil. And evil always leaves us feeling cut down like a stump. And maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you are in a season where you're experiencing the consequences of bad choices, lifestyle decisions that have cut down your family, lifestyle decisions that have cut your hopes down to a stump. Maybe it is even cut a marriage off or a relationship with children. I know what it is to feel like a stump and maybe you do as well. Maybe you know what it's like to experience the consequences of your sin and you left, you're left feeling cut down. But what is amazing about God and his pattern over and over again in the Old Testament is it seems like even in the midst of his punishment, his character and his merciful nature reigns through. And in the midst of telling Israel, I'm gonna cut you down like a stump, he gives this word of hope that out of this stump called Jesse, out of the line of Jesse, this, this, this figure we'll get to in a moment, there will come a shoot. Now what is this shoot? Well, if you've ever cut down a tree and you've left the stump, you know what it's like to walk away and think nothing else about it. It's a dead tree. You don't expect much, but maybe, just maybe, you know what it's like to look back a couple weeks later, look up, and you see something growing out of that stump that has leaves on it, and what you thought was dead actually had a little bit of life growing out of it. And that's what God is saying to Israel. All of the kings that had come through the line of David that were supposed to honor God had spiritually rebelled against him. You would think that this family line was spiritually dead. Maybe that's how your family feels, brokenness, addiction, divorce, adultery, you name it. This is what Israel's leadership have been producing, the type of fruit they have been producing. And God looks and he cuts them down, but in the midst of it, he says, there will be a branch that will come and he will grow up and he will bring life again. He will bring hope. He will bring fruit I want you to get a picture of what this looks like. I had a team put a picture together. I want you to look at this. I want you to look at this. This, this right there is the stump. And we all know what a stump looks like. And this is what Israel felt like, to be cut down, to be level. What once was this tall, vibrant tree that provided shelter and security for animals and birds is now nothing but a dead stump. But out of that stump grew something, something of life, a branch. And that branch, my friends, is the Messiah. Jesus is the one that was promised that he would bring hope. And how many are great? that he came and fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah man how exciting is that that we serve a God who predicted and fulfilled you know what that makes our God a promise maker and even more importantly a promise keeper praise God that you can trust him that's what it boils down to the fact that we can trust him and we can also trust his word Don't ever let someone convince you that the Bible is untrustworthy or not reliable. You and I can trust that the Word of God is inerrant, infallible, inspired, and eternal. So that's why we study it. We're going to land our plane in the heart of the gospel after this break. While we're on break, if you can express your generosity this month, it would be a great time for you to do it. Gifts of any amount will be appreciated. Equipradio.org. We'll be right back. Praise God. Welcome back to Equip. We've been studying the prophecies concerning the branch. Do you know who the branch is? Well, it's been a title ascribed to Jesus from Old Testament to New. And we've been looking at why this is significant in the prophecies concerning Jesus in Isaiah and uh, in Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 2. So I hope you've enjoyed this time of opening God's Word. I love studying the Scriptures with you. And I also love hearing from you. And one of the ways that we can hear from you is through our social media platforms. Let's use these platforms for the good. They're much maligned for many reasons, but they're also a powerful tool to be able to connect our hearts and to communicate our convictions. So go to Facebook or Twitter. Find us at EquippedRadio.org. Uh, as well. But Equipped Radio on these social platforms is a great place for you to learn more about the ministry and to stand with us today. Hey, I also care so deeply about your families in this season, so please don't hesitate to leave prayer requests because we would love to be your prayer partner as you traverse through the holiday season. Well friends, we're gonna land this plane for this wonderful message entitled Fulfilled. I want you to get excited about this branch, but why would we get excited about a branch that we knew nothing about? So three things quickly about this branch. First, that this branch would be royal. He'd be from a royal or kingly lineage. Look at the A part of verse number one. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. I told you we'd come back to this Jesse. Who is Jesse? Well, if you know a little bit about the history of Israel, Jesse is the father of King David. King David was the most popular and famous and greatest king of Israel. He had expanded the kingdom and established Israel as a national power during his reign. But God said to Israel, there will be one who will come through his line, of whom his kingdom shall know no end. His government shall know no end. Isaiah talked about this just two chapters prior in Isaiah chapter 9. Who was this king that would come through the line of King David? Well, None other than this branch, this Nazir, this one who would come from Nazareth. This obscure prophecy was critical. Everything, the door of biblical salvation hinges on this Nazir, this branch. And Jesus, according to Matthew, was the branch. He was the one that grew up out of the dead stump of sinful Israel to bring hope and to bring salvation. He was a king. He was not just a king. He was the king of all kings, worthy of our worship and worthy of our allegiance. What type of king was he? Well, the second thing we learn about this branch is that he had a righteous rule. Look at what it says in verse number two. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Jump down to verse four, 4a, four and it says, but with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Jump down to verse number six. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat And the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them." This type of king is an amazing king. He's the type of king that always does what is right. He's the type of king that cannot be bribed. He's the type of king that does not succumb to corruption. He's the type of king that rules righteously that cares for the poor, is not impressed with those who have money and power. He is not moved by the greats. Even children have a place of specialness in his kingdom. He's the type of king that not only impacts humanity, but even animals are impacted by him. Wolves laying next to lions and not eating them. That's pretty impressive. But this is the type of leader this king is. You know, we live in a, in a, in a country, in a nation that is super passionate about elections. I wanna ask you to raise your hand if you are passionate about elections because I think every hand would just about go up. We, we care deeply about those who lead us. We vote and encourage other people to vote. But this king has given us the opportunity to choose him. Behold, I place before you life and death. And here's the wisdom of scripture. Choose life. Today you can choose a ruler to rule over your heart and over your life that is the greatest ruler the world has ever known. You you can pick a king who is not a corrupt politician. You can pick a king that will never not fulfill his promises. You can pick a king today that can not only bring national hope, but he can save the world and transform your life. He is not only royal, but he's also righteous. But then the last thing we learn about this king, and I'll close here, is that he has a universal reign. And I love this in verse number 10. It says, in that day, the root of Jesse "...who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious." What this is saying is that this king is for everybody, all the peoples, all the nations it's not a mistake that it wasn't just Jews that worshiped Jesus when he was born, but wise men from the East came for these from these oriental or Persian uh, places they came to worship him because he is. He is Lord for, for all people. It doesn't make a difference what your national background is. Or, or maybe you think that it's about social status, but remember the angelic host saying to shepherds as they watched their sheep. Now, If you were to go back and, and search the socioeconomic status of Israel at the time, shepherds would not rank high. They were low on the social totem pole. But it was God's way of saying even shepherds, if they believe, get in. So maybe you don't have much to offer today. Maybe you don't feel like you have much value. Or or maybe you feel like you do, but you have squandered it all. It doesn't make a difference if you are down and out or up and out. He has come for all people. And praise God that he has. You know who Jesus is? He is the promised king. He is the branch of Israel. He is the shoot growing out of the stump. So one more time, I want you to look at this picture, this picture of what it's like to feel cut down or to feel like a stump. Maybe you have been there, or maybe you're there right now, and you say, Pastor Chris, as everything did, I've messed up so bad, I have missed the mark so much, I have lied and tried to cover it up, and and maybe I'm just at a place right now where... I don't feel like there is hope. I feel totally cut down. Let me just tell you that hope has come because Christ has come. And because Christ has come, everything that is broken can be made straight again. You know, a few Christmases ago, I got my son and my daughter a remote control car. And as kids do, they went pretty wild with it. And one of them ran that car into the fireplace. It was a stone fireplace and it broke apart. And my son came to me as innocent and as hopeful as he could with this broken car and said, Daddy, can you fix it? Now, you may not know a lot about me, but I have zero mechanical capabilities. But I did not want to burst that kid's bubble. So I said, absolutely, I can fix it. And I went to the store and got a replacement, the exact same kind. uh, And I gave it to him. And you know, my problem is that I'm finite. I can't fix everything. But our Heavenly Father is infinite. And all he's waiting for you to do is to lift up your life, your broken Shatter life to him and say, Daddy, can you fix it? All salvation requires is humility. But if today you will humble yourself before God, He will save you. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise God for this wonderful reminder of the truth of God's word. It's been said that the Bible is the only book that's written over 1,500 years, over three uh, languages many authors, but one message. And that message is the message of Jesus Christ, Savior of all, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. But in order to experience his grace, his salvation, we have to put our faith and our trust in him. So have you done that today? Have you received a gift? I know that you probably have all these lists of gifts you have to buy. If you're anything like me, You waited a little bit too long and you got some shopping to do, but yet before you give any gifts, you need to ask yourself, have I received the most important one? And the most important gift for you to receive is the gift of God's grace and your salvation. So please do that today. Accept him into your heart. And if you'd like to pray with someone, dial the number 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equipped with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.